Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the the show where two guys sit down and talk about a record that one of us is very familiar with and the other is listening for the first time. And then uh, we d- we discuss it for about an hour or so. Uh, my name is Scott, and I'm here with my amazing friend Brand. How are you, sir? I'm great. And you missed an adjective on that intro. Two married guys. Uh, two. That's right. <laughs> we are both uh, married men now. I am back from a what see what felt like a world travel. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess 15 states is an accomplishment, but it's still it is. I mean, I did 4,000 miles. We drove 4,000 plus miles, and I feel like a world traveler. I feel like I can talk about things that I haven't talked about. I'm ready to listen to country music because <laughs> I was in the West. I was in Kansas. I was hanging out. I bought a sick Reba bandana at like a flea market. I'm there just ready go. to roll. I'm ready That's for That's it right there. Yeah. I got to get one of those like sticker charts where you put the stickers of the states you Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never wanted to get one before because it would have been really sad, but now just I feel one, like... Just in Pennsylvania, that's it. It would have been like Pennsylvania and then the few ones down to like South Carolina and never farther west than Ohio. That, that's that's where I would... It would have been Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and then the states down to like South Carolina, but never that would have been it. But now I feel like I got a nice chunk out and we're, we're, there you we're go. ready to roll. Yeah. We thought about doing that too when we had our camper, uh, but we never camped outside of Michigan. So, no, yeah, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. I saw a lot of those on RVs, and also at any, every campground we went, I was like, "We're from Pennsylvania. Like, we're far. We're in Montana. We're far yeah. from where we live." And I was like, "We have to be the farthest." And I would see a camper from New York, and I'd be like, "What the right? Fuck? <laughs> what I'd see, like, I'd see what a camper from like." Texas and I'd be like god damn it and I'd see a camper from Florida and I'd be like come on give me one like just give me one time where I'm the farthest like we we stopped at this one place and this woman asked us where we're from and we're like Pennsylvania she's like "Ooh, that's far and then another guy walked up almost immediately interrupting the conversation said I'm from Vermont what a dick dick move realistically didn't want to be in this conversation anyway so thank you but you didn't have to do it in such a manner all right, but we're not here to talk about the honeymoon. This isn't the honeymoon cast. It is not a travel cast. We are here to talk about the cure this week. We're going to talk about the record, The Head on the Door. I have been a big The Cure fan since I was like 12. Back in the in the good old days of the cassette tape, I remember my mom taking my sister and I to like a half-price bookstore. And we would get books and we'd have reading time every evening. And one time we went there, they had like a box of cassettes. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look through these. And I found a cassette copy of the Cure's live album show that was recorded in Detroit. And I picked that up alongside of Sepultura's, I think it was Arise. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is insane. Yeah. That's a wild one-two punch. Yeah. 
but it was amazing. And I listened to that. I, I wore that cassette down. That one, two punch kind of had to play a pivotal role in your music, in your music listening, because you're I, like still in that realm. Like, you yeah, could, I think it explains my eclectic tastes in music. That Venn diagram of Sepultura and The Cure <laughs> kind of still you could probably put most of the bands you listen to in there somewhere. Probably. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. But yeah, that's that's where I started listening to The Cure. And then growing up, being a broody, dark teenager, you know, you listen to things like The Smiths and Joy Division and The Cure, and that just kind of cultivated my love for the band. Uh, when you say you listen to, I think mm-hmm. it means, I think we're I think we're far enough removed in age that the bands that you listened to during that dark period time were just the bands that influenced the bands that my that we listened to. I think so. Time. Because yeah. like every band we listen to, whether it be, I mean, the darker, whinier, not saying he's a good person, brand new stuff, or mm, yeah. whether it be even like the My Chem stuff, it, it's all influenced right. by all those bands. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I was like heavy into Nine Inch Nails, too, at that time. And yeah, they influenced a whole bunch of people, too. My only experience with the cure is kind of i don't even know how but like knowing who robert smith is don't know how it actually happened i I think it was just like maybe i definitely remember that episode because i played there was like a weird internet browser video game where you could fight their their like mecha godzilla and robert smith and mothman and all those i I do remember that that might have that might have been that's it no because i would have known who like i would have known the name the cure even if i didn't listen Mm -hmm. to it because sure. they were definitely still on the radio, even if they weren't my dad or my mom's band that they were listening to, they would okay. have been on and I would have heard like, and that was the cure. And I, they right. didn't care. So as a kid, I probably didn't care. Yeah. I think Tom DeLong or Blink-182 as a whole had something to do with one of the cures later on records that I wasn't a huge fan oh. of, but... I think they featured on one of his one of his songs. It might have been just Tom DeLonge. I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't go back and look into that. Um, that because sounds, I focused just on the the that record. That sounds crazy but. to me. That sounds really crazy to me. But yeah. I've I've always wanted to get into the Cure. But I think yeah. when I was younger, it was just one of those things where, first of all, I'm not experienced in 80s music enough to know yeah, right. if this is good 80s music, and then I'm also not experienced in kind of the gothic because that it was it was it seemed more gothic than i guess do you did gothic evolve into emo because emo didn't exist I feel, for a yeah while. i think so i have to believe a lot of emo pulled from yeah like the gothic style and fashion and sound of the cure i'm not saying musically i mean more to well, the, like the fashion style. wise and yeah. the aesthetics of emo definitely pulled from goth definitely i wish i could pinpoint the year that happened because i do remember the first time i heard emo and i even thought like i've known that as goth my whole life yeah because i i mean i thought i was a goth for a while but that's (laughs) there i used to wear like makeup blood like the liquid makeup blood. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. for a while i would just put dots in the corners of both my eyes on the inside and outside and it would just dribble down my face and i would just walk around like that oh wow and then on other days, when I was feeling super frisky, I would spray it the whole way under my whole eye. So it would oh, just drip down really my entire bleeding. face. And I looked, I, and I was stoned as hell in those days. So <laughs> imagine imagine seeing a 14-year-old yeah. that pretty much the size I am now, wearing a trench coat, walking into a convenience store, looking like their eyes are bleeding, and they're barely open. <laughs> and i'm stealing shit like there's no way i wasn't stealing shit either like i don't understand how i did anything like i it's i would be if if that were today because everybody has yeah. a cell phone now i would be oh, yeah. all over the internet all you over the be. internet yeah <laughs> but other than that i don't have any really recognition of the cure i, I i'm sure i've heard some hits i couldn't name yeah. them offhand i'm sure i've heard some hits i'm sure you've never... heard boys don't cry on friday i'm in love Maybe I couldn't yeah. tell you based off the song, off the titles, but maybe, gotcha. yeah. And I and I've told you before, like I was getting more into '80s music, so I wanted yeah. to get into the Cure, and then you wet my whistle per se with yeah. this record. Yeah, I this one I picked specifically because it's kind of a 
really good entry point to the middle of the cures discography like this is post all the like the super gothy like kind of doomy droney stuff Mm -hmm. uh and more into the realm of their poppy regular like four three four to three minute long songs if i may kind of in the realm of the like alternative college radio of the time yeah, we're, we're I'm getting... assuming I don't know when this record came out. I'm assuming based off sounds. Well, when I get to the notes, when we start talking about the notes, uh, you'll figure it out. But yeah, this record did come out after I was born, at least. So there's that. <laughs> okay, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get, we'll jump into the notes. Uh, the Cure, an English rock band, formed in 1978 in Crawley, West Sussex, England. Throughout numerous lineup changes since the band's formation, guitarist, lead vocalist, and songwriter Robert Smith has remained the only constant member. The band's debut album, 1979's Three Imaginary Boys, along with several early singles, placed the band in the post-punk and new wave movements that had sprung up in the UK. So that's where that kind of... I don't want to say division, but like the blending of those two, like the new wave Mm -hmm. and the punk... Yeah, kind of came together around that time. I always wanted to get more into like new wave was the one genre of the 80s. We've talked many times about how I'm not experienced with 80s music at all because right. it was before I listened to music way before. And it was after my parents like got their tastes down like they already yeah. knew what so they, they liked and looking into new stuff. No, not at all. So. I've always wanted to get a new wave and I did get into certain bands like your modern English, your ABC, your uh, Adam and the ants. If you, they have certain new wave albums, I would say some of their shit's more punky, but yeah, they're also in that middle ground blend of post-punk and and new wave, I think. But I never got around to the, the cure or more than one Depeche Mode album just because it felt like there was so much and it, their, their careers vary so much that I didn't know what i would even want to listen to well i'm glad i got to introduce you to the cure properly i am too beginning with their second album 17 seconds from 1980 the band adopted a new increasingly dark and tormented style uh, which together with smith's stage look had a strong influence on the emerging genre of gothic rock as well as subculture that eventually formed around the genre After the release of the band's fourth album, Pornography, in 1982, Smith introduced a greater pop sensibility into the band's music. Songs such as Let's Go to Bed, The Love Cats, In Between Days, Close to Me, Just Like Heaven, Love Song, and Friday I'm in Love, aided them in receiving commercial popularity. Uh, The Cure released 13 studio albums, two EPs, over 30 singles, and have sold over 30 million albums worldwide. Could you name one other gothic rock band? I can't gothic rock specifically. No, I kind of mentioned my like realm of this type of music. I had the Smiths, the cure joy division. That was kind of where I went with this type of dark. I don't want to sit like dark before my time kind of music. Mm-hmm. Cause at yeah. the same time as I was getting into this, like I said, I was listening to nine inch nails, like super heavy. Also, still in on the grunge scene a bit so i didn't get too far out of this little this little triumvirate of (laughs) 80s depressing rock (laughs) yeah i I was just thinking about it i couldn't name another goth rock band i've even heard goth rock used as a genre but i don't i couldn't name one i can't either other other than the cure the cure was the only one that would come to mind even though that's like i said it's solely based on robert smith's look basically Yeah. The Head on the Door is their sixth studio album, released on August 26th, 1985. Oh, boy. This means I'm not going to know much about things that came out in 85. (laughs) And the Billboard charts are not going to be interesting to me. Maybe they will be. We'll see. They might be. We'll see. Uh, The album's release was preceded by the single In Between Days, which reached number 15 on the UK singles chart. The album is described by Melody Maker, a weekly British music magazine, as... A collection of pop songs with its variety of styles that allowed the band to reach a wider audience in both Europe and North America. Can't argue with the variety of styles. No, there. this is 
as far as styles go, this album is a wild mixture of things. And I think that's why I love it so much. I will have opinions on that. Yeah, I know you will. The... I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like bleed opinions yeah. out of you. I'm not trying to throw opinions out there unwarranted <laughs> either. Cause right. there's a whole section of this show for that. <laughs> there is in the United Kingdom. It became their most successful album to date entering the album's chart at number seven. The Head on the Door was The Cure's first album to feature drummer Boris Williams alongside bassist Simon Gallup, uh, keyboardist Lowell Tolhurst, uh, guitarist and keyboardist Paul Thompson, and vocalist, guitarist. <laughs> what is happening with these names? I know. Uh, I feel like I'm in the, the Netherlands or Norway or something. Uh, yeah. We're not talking about Behemoth. This is The Cure. Vocalist, guitarist, and keyboardist Robert Smith. It was also the first album released by the band where all of the songs were composed solely by Robert Smith. Oh, that's really interesting. That's yeah. actually, that's more interesting than anything else I've heard so far, because with that different of sounds and genres in this, you would think that it came from different. Like everybody, like a mixture of writers. Yeah. But he has, I know we've talked about geniuses in uh, previous episodes, John Darnielle being one. And Robert Smith, I think, is a genius. Like, he has so much going on in his head, I feel like, that this record in particular shows that. Like, with its many different styles and, like, even subject matter in the songs, I just think he's there. He's one of them. Speaking of Robert Smith, and you mentioned your triumvirate that you listened to earlier. Yeah. The only other thing I know about Robert Smith, and... I don't, I don't even know why I know this. I saw it somewhere, but I had no stake in it, so I never investigated farther. Sure. But I saw that there is some beef between Robert Smith and Morrissey. And I'm oh, just yeah. wondering, I'm wondering, what side are you on? I think I know. And oh, have you always been on that side? Yes. I mean, don't get okay. me wrong. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Smiths records. Morrissey is a piece of shit. <laughs> just as a human being. Um yeah. And Robert Smith has always seemed super cool to me. Morrissey is so out there and so in himself oh, yeah. that it, it's just <laughs> too much. Like he is an egomaniac in the worst sense. Robert Smith is one of the coolest guys. So The Cure got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019. I have always been a big Rock and Roll Hall of Fame fan we'll get into this a little bit more in a future episode uh but the cure's induction was done first off by trent reznor which i always thought was super cool most times the induction happens the presenter goes on for you know 10 minutes about the band and the influence they had which trent reznor did uh and then the band comes up usually like the members that are in the band at the time get inducted or like the originals, Robert Smith brought up every single person that has ever been in the cure that that was alive. He went on to talk for exactly three minutes and 24 seconds. And he thanked every single one of the members, thanked the fans. And then was like, we're allotted time. I'd really rather just go play some more music for you guys. And off they went and played a couple more songs. That just makes me think of when kiss was getting in and Gene, or when they were supposed to get kiss did get in eventually. I think, I think they're in now. Yeah, but Gene are, said are that, they, I don't know that they are. I, I don't know because Gene said that in order for them to be in, the the, mem- the current members need to be in, and everybody's like, these dudes have nothing to do with Kiss. Like they yeah, they're just right. they're they're session musicians that put the makeup on now. Yeah, but then I I also think you know a couple other members didn't want to come there because they have beef with Gene because oh, yeah. why wouldn't they? Gene is a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just I just think it's weird. Unless they've been with the band for a significant time, putting albums out, I, I, I feel weird about current members of bands yeah. being inducted into the Hall of Fame with the bands. Right. But I understand how altruistic it sounds that Robert Smith did that with everybody and that everybody was cool enough with him to do it. Like yeah. anybody who left the band doesn't like, have beef with them. And if, if you saw it, if you looked, Robert Smith was the only one at the microphone talking and holding like the, the statuette, mm-hmm. but he is surrounded like semi-circled behind him are like eight members of the band which yeah. i just thought was so cool he's just so he's just cool i dig yeah, it he's like the opposite end of the spectrum than gene simmons 100 <laughs> percent, yeah um 
I was lucky enough to go see The Cure live, probably 99. Uh, they played and I went and go see them. Who opened for The Cure in 99? I, I don't remember. Couldn't. Do you remember the name of the tour? No. Uh, the Cure 1999. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I would be curious to look it up. Yeah. It would have been like 99, 98, maybe early 2000. I feel like it was June 99, 10th, 2000. Possibly. On the Dream Tour. They played 10 encores. They closed with Killing an Arab. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. This Now this only says The Cure. It might have been. I don't recall. It might have been like a local guy that played before them. Or a local band. I'm not sure. It, yeah, it looks like it might have just been The Cure, which is it might have been. Wild. Yeah. So yeah, no. Apparently, apparently it was 2000 that uh, early 2000 where I went to go see him. It was great. I loved seeing it. We were off. Uh, it was my friend Amanda and myself when we were in high school, and uh, we were off to the side of the stage in the pavilion, and like it was just uh, what you would think of a Cure show, just being dark and vibey. Mm-hmm. like hardly any lighting yeah that was it <laughs> yeah that is like a concert that as a kid i couldn't see myself going to like as a kid yeah. and a young adult because i always felt like i needed to be doing something physically while the music is on sure but i think the cure would be well based off the one album and the yeah. couple hits that i probably know that the cure would be one of those concerts where you sit the whole time and enjoy the hell out of it I think we were standing. I think everybody was standing, but I mean, we were in the seating area, so there was no moving mm-hmm. around, just standing to get a better view. Uh, but yeah, I was 18. But you know why you have to stand? Because everybody else is standing. If everybody exactly. would just fucking <laughs> sit down. Right. Like if, yeah. if it's a band like The Cure or you're fucking seeing like Billy Joel, sit down. Yeah. You don't need to be. If everybody sits down, everybody can see. Stop yeah. standing. <laughs> don't it doesn't but you don't if need I stand, standing. I feel like I'm closer to the band during the promotion for the record Smith stated that the head on the door was inspired by the albums Kaleidoscope by Susie and the Banshees and Dare by the Human League Ooh, what Human League I, I love the Human League fantastic I'm a big Human League fan yeah he wanted the album to be eclectic with different styles and moods it reminds me of the Kaleidoscope album and the idea of having lots of different sounding things, different colors, is what Smith said. There were definitely different sounding things. Yeah. I don't know if they were different colors. They kind of all had that mascara black color to me. <laughs> and blood red. A little bit of blood red. A lot yeah. of mascara black and like grays. A lot of right. a lot of gradient of black and gray in there. Well, uh, we've come to the the charts portion of the show where I give you the Billboard 200 from August 31st, 1985. Imagine if the show is just you running through all 200. Oh, God, that would be that would be that's such a daunting task. (laughs) Like (laughs) I have like 10 and that's even too much. So we'll start with uh, with number five. Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. It's a big one. It is a big one. it's, It's the big one. I don't have negative opinions of Bruce Springsteen. I also yeah. don't have positive opinions of Bruce Springsteen. He kind of just exists. I have a lot of positive opinions of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce I'm Springsteen can exist and he doesn't bother me and it doesn't bother me when somebody's a fan. When somebody is like an unreal fan, like I listen to a podcast where somebody can like somebody will say to somebody, you look like Bruce Springsteen circa 1984, this tour. And I'm like, holy shit. Like that's oh, super fan. That's another level of boss fandom. Like that, you know, that, that yeah. distinct difference. Yeah. Yeah. And in my head, there's always been a, uh, uh, like a battle between Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel. Don't know why. Don't know why it's always happened in my head, hmm. but okay. I would choose Bruce Springsteen over Billy Joel. If it was Billy Joel from New Jersey, he's from Long Island. Billy Joel's okay. from Long Island. Yeah. And Bruce is from New Jersey. Historically, yeah. Um, number four, the album Reckless by Brian Adams. I only think I know like two songs by Brian Adams. Summer of 69 is on that record. Summer of 69. And yep. there's probably one other one by Brian Adams I know. Yep, that's that's all I know of Brian Adams. Except for the uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Is that the one, the Robin Hood soundtrack? I, I, knew, I knew a Brian Adams. Oh, yeah, you knew a dude named Brian Adams? <laughs> I knew a dude named Brian Adams. He and every time, every time he would come up, I would make the same joke. And and like somebody would say, "Hey, Brian Adams coming!" I'm like, "Oh, Canadian singer songwriter Brian Adams." Every single time. <laughs> and by the way, 
this was at an age where nobody knew who the fuck Brian Adams was. Right. And it was hilarious <laughs> to me. And I would, not le- I would not let the joke die I, every time. <laughs> I would even say like, "What's up, Brad Adams, Canadian singer songwriter?" Like, I would say hello to him. <laughs> you would say to him like that. Yep. And he's like, he "I didn't like it. it <laughs> he didn't like it. Nobody else liked it. I thought it was hilarious." That's great. That's just a bit I did for myself. Right. Number three, "The Dream of the Blue Turtles" by Sting. No, I don't know nope. any. No, I, I don't I think don't. I know any post police Sting stuff at all. I've seen Sting's penis. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a Playgirl that is uh, Shawn Michaels was in it the wrestler no. Shawn Michaels yeah so Sting is also Sting in also that in it that's a wild so I've wild. seen Sting's penis and I've heard him and I know like the whole joke about how he talks about tantric sex like he yeah. has sex for like thirty hours or something yeah but I don't know if I know any Sting I barely know police I barely know the police but I, think I don't you know, know any Sting. too much Sting as it is. <laughs> What, because I've seen his hog? I think so. Coming in at number two, Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. I know the name Tears for Fears. I probably know a Tears for Fears track, but I don't know Tears for Fears. Are they the Take On Me guys? No, that's AHA. Tears for Fears had a a, a big single around that same time. Who sings, uh, that's what dreams are made of? I have no idea. Everybody wants to rule the world? Oh, no, they're making it with Shout. Shout, 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 let it all out. And then Head Over Heels. I don't know what that is either. I don't know that one either. Number one album, August 31st, 1985, Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Is that the one with like the guitar on the cover? Yeah, I think Steel Guitar. Yeah. It's kind of like a blue cover. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I only know this because people talk about how great this record is, but I've yeah. never listened to Dire Straits. I don't think I have either. That might be something we have to delve into together at some point. Yeah, if you're a Dire Straits fan, and more importantly, a fan of Brothers in Arms, and you want to do research on this record, <laughs> let us know. Do all the work for us. <laughs> so we can both come into a blind. Yeah. Some other records that uh, we might know that uh, that also hit the 200. Uh, number 16, Madonna's Like a Virgin. Unreal. That Wait, what year is this? 84? 85. Eight, 85. This is 85. Yeah. We've covered records in like 2010 that she was on the fucking board. Yep, exactly. Coming in at number 17, we have Wham! with Make It Big. George Wham Michael. being George Michael and the other guy. You've heard the rap song that George Michael did, didn't you? Oh, God, no. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Wham up again, but don't give a damn. Yeah, it's it's insane. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's insane. I urge everybody who hasn't heard the Wham. It's, I think it's called Wham Rap. I'm pretty sure it's called oh, wow. Wham Rap. Go listen okay. to it. It's it's insane. Coming in at number 23, we have Talking Heads with Little Creatures. I'm a big Talking Heads fan. I know the name. I don't think I've ever listened to Talking Heads. I might throw them on the list for you. Yeah, get, might as uh, well. Everything else is on there. culture into you. Everything else is on there. Throw it on the yeah. list. Sure. Coming in at number 30, we have REM with Fables of the Reconstruction. At 30. At 30. Not not a bad showing. It, considering that that is oh, possibly their least liked record up to that point. Is that right? I mean, it's still not very liked now, but they put out some other records there that people didn't love. But no, yeah, that came off. That's their, I guess, their third record. Okay. And it just murmur and reckoning were so good that that was just a different record. And it's also it's fables, the reconstruction slash reconstruction of the fables, because it doesn't have an AB side, much like most REM doesn't. They don't have AB sides. They kind of just, oh, they just you, you pick which side you're listening to first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this one, it's it seems very, I don't know. It's it's before they got political, but mm. after they like they knew that they were artists. It's hard to explain. Oh, gotcha. I I like it. There's some good tracks on there. It's definitely not my favorite REM record, but I still I still like it a lot. REM will come up a lot when we dive into this record. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have one more coming in at number sixty-seven. We have Weird Al Yankovic with Dare to Be Stupid. Wow, eighty-five Weird Al on the charts. Yeah, I love it. Is that a cover record or is that an originals record? 
Uh, all his records are. He has two original records. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I always thought he did just parodies that, and that was it. I think his first two may have been. I know the Dare to be Stupid song is like kind of a Devo-ish song. Even his original stuff, they're still mm. comedic songs. Like they're just not parodies. Okay. It looks like he, oh, I didn't know, he he did a song, Pokemon, from the Pokemon 2000 oh, nice. Yeah. And then he did a parody of the James Bond sequence for called Spy Hard. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I could have swore he had a couple originals. I think he has a couple originals like mixed into albums, like songs okay. here and there. I don't think he has like original full albums. By the way, that 85, he won Best Comedy Recording for Eat It. Love it. 86, he won for Dare to be Stupid. In 88, he won for Polka Party. Who won in 87? Who's beating <laughs> Weird, Weird Al, Al for best comedy recording? I wonder if Weird Al didn't put out a record in 87. I bet Maybe you was a stand-up comedian. Uh, I got the number one song for August 26, 1985, The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. I'm a Huey Lewis guy. I'm Me a fan. too. They are actually my very first concert. That's crazy that we have such different first concerts. Cause my dad took me when I was a kid. If you don't count like Sesame Street Live, my first concert was Kid Rock. So there is a very big difference between Kid Rock and, and you Huey Lewis. Lewis. And yes. And yeah. that just shows the difference <laughs> in you and I. Oh, yeah. And our parents. My parents. Yeah. Not, my mom should not have brought me to a Kid Rock show at fucking 12. Right. right. I got the albums that released in August 85. Coming out on the 5th, we have Now That's What I Call Music 5. The, the UK one. version, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna run down because I guarantee you the UK versions have artists that we don't even know who they uh, are. On I have a few artists here written down that I took: Duran uh, okay. Duran, Fine Young Cannibals, Cool and the Gang, David Bowie, Simple Minds, Phil Collins, Sister Sledge, U2, The Damned, and others. The Damned being on that is a wild move to me. Yeah, yeah. I made yeah. a face. I made a face, and you said it. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the artists on there are British artists that we have no idea who they are. I, I know a few, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also coming out on the 5th, a big record for me, The Pogues, Rum Sodomy and The Lash. I, I may have only heard the name of The Pogues from you. I don't even know if I've ever heard of The Pogues. That's a possibility. Prior. It's a fantastic record. That, that'll be on the list if it's not already. You'll get that eventually. Coming out on the 12th, we have Neil Young with Old Ways. I wonder what Neil Young in 85 sounds like. I like Neil Young, I think. I definitely am, am not like in depth into Neil Young, but what I've heard of Neil Young I like. I also found a vintage Neil Young tour shirt at a Goodwill in Iowa. Oh, wow. Did you pick it Long up? Long sleeves. Oh, yeah, of course I did. Oh, no, there it is. I came, home with, I came home with four of the hefty large vacuum seal bags and then one of the jumbo nice vacuum sealed bags <laughs> of fucking shirts and shit uh also coming out on the 12th we have sheila e with romance 1600 i know the name couldn't tell yeah. you for sheila a million e, dollars. didn't she do stuff with prince was it wasn't she that sounds right the drummer that sounds for prince, right i feel like yeah that sounds that sounds very very correct to me even right. though my prince knowledge is minimal also yeah <laughs> uh coming out on the 15th we have dio with sacred heart now we're talking now we're getting there into my go. realm I knew we'd get there. A little bit of this. A little bit of this. <laughs> no, yeah, this is Dio. This is Ozzy, right? Yeah. Like, is I think Dio so. Ozzy? Dio, yeah. No. Th is this is this Dio? And this is Ozzy. Well, Dio was the first one to come up with the the devil horns. Yeah, but they, when they sing, they did something with their hand. By the way, great for a fucking audio medium where I'm doing that everybody visual know things with my fingers. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it either. I'm just going to say it's someone with my fingers, it. and you, you can guess what it is. <laughs> uh, coming out on the 16th, I know you're a big fan of this one, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Freaky Styly. In 86? 85. In 85? Anthony yeah. Kiedis is... His girl, his, that girl he had sex with isn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, God. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, it bothers me that people don't know that. Like, yeah. I don't understand. He wrote it in his autobiography, and people yeah. don't know it, and it bothers the shit out of me. I know. I tell people, and I'm like, I don't understand how you guys... I Oh, then I learned her age. We had sex one more time, and then I never saw her again. Okay, Anthony Kiedis, that's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, coming out on the 19th, we have John Cougar Mellencamp with Scarecrow. Oh, damn. You just reminded me. I was going to go see what's the it's the little pink house or something. John Cougar's pink house. There's the I don't pink know. House? He did a video. Big pink. We were going to go see it. Is it in Indiana? It's in it's in one of those states. I have no idea. We were going to see it and we completely forgot about it. Oh, like I, like we were going to see it. And I was like, yeah, we well, should go see that. And then we did not. <laughs> uh, whatever. I'll be honest. I don't give. I don't care too much about. I'm not John a big Cougar John Mellencamp. Cougar guy. Yeah. I don't know if I've listened to enough to even say I'm a fan or not a fan. But the only song that I've ever really liked from him is that Jack and Diane track. Jack and Diane. Yeah. Little yeah. Diddy. About Jack and Diane. I like the version where it's just sucking on chili dogs over and over again. <laughs> Got a couple of other records that have a question mark next to the date that they were released. Lover Boy. Loving every minute of it. Loving every minute. Of- I do like that. <laughs> I think that's one of those bands that I shouldn't like, but I do like. Yeah. I like Lover Boy. Uh, Michael McDonald. No looking back. No looking at that album. I'm moving on. <laughs> uh, Miami Sound Machine with Primitive Love. I know the name. I don't know if I've ever listened to a Miami Sound Machine. Yeah, there's a few of them on here. Nick Lowe with The Rose of England. Nick Lowe is probably know. nobody you would get interested in. I don't even know the name. Yeah, very uh, influenced Elliot Smith. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like something I wouldn't be into. Yeah, and then <laughs> Spear of Destiny with World Service. I don't know Spear of Destiny. They just sound like something we should know. But is like, are they talking about like Spear? Of, wasn't Spear of Destiny a thing? It was one of the tolls or one of the things that Hitler, one of the artifacts that Hitler wanted to find. Oh, it's Christ, the one that no, like, I hope not. <laughs> was it like that? I thought? I thought it was the thing that like stabbed Jesus to make oh, sure he shit. was dead. I might uh, be wrong. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it is also known as the Holy Lance. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me look up the band and make sure they're not Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> um, rock band from Britain. Ever-changing lineup. They've had 10 UK singles entries. Four reached the top 50, but only one made the top 20. I don't know. On this one album cover, it looks like Ryan Gosling, and it's really weird. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, let's go into Wikipedia. I don't see anything about Nazism. Yeah, I don't see. Oh my God! Hold on, hold on. One of the labels they were on was SS. Oh shit! No. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know what that is, but I don't like it. (laughs) But they. It says okay. First of all, it says they're still active, which seems fucking insane. Oh wow! Five members currently. Okay. I'm gonna run down the number. I'm gonna I'm gonna start counting. Okay. Of how many past members there are. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, wow. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. There's 25 oh past God. members. They put an album out in 2018. Wow. I don't know if I like most of these names, though. The names of the dudes? No, the the the, uh, the album titles. Oh. Like Imperial Prototype, Omega Point. Sod's law, religion. I don't know, man. This seems tough because I'm not sure. I, maybe they're not, but it's iffy, especially because they're in Europe. It seems weird. I don't know. Are we leaving? Uh, okay, so Kirk, Kirk Brandon was certainly not a Nazi. His connections and various band members kind of prove this. If there is an article about them not being Nazis, yeah, there is at least the idea out there. Although this is now saying, I saw something that says, as of as what happened with Joy Division and New Order, the band was criticized for using the name Spear Destiny, which had its potential Nazi overtones. But I don't see anything about it actually being a Nazi over, like actually being an, a reference to it. But I don't know either. Okay. It says it says they were fiercely denied, particularly particularly since the band were politically left leaning. So we might be okay. Yeah, I mean, we're okay either way because we're not in this band. We are not, yeah. <laughs> but the band itself, I don't know. How do we find ourselves in these situations? We always find ourselves in these situations. I'm not cutting this out. Just so they, just just so it's known <laughs> that when something happens, we try to figure it out. <laughs> we, we do try to figure it out. But we can also move past it into your reaction to the head on the door. It's 10 tracks. 
with a runtime of 37 minutes and 46 seconds. Brand, what do you got for me? Opening up with what I learned is the single in between days. Yep, the uh, it was released before the album, which most sig- most singles were, I think, back then. <laughs> Possibly, I have no idea. Uh, right off rip, this is my. This is very much my shit. Like yes. this is very much my shit. It's very eighty sounding, but yep. it's almost like a. And this is where it'll start to happen. A, mm-hmm. a, a very a much more 80 sounding rem like it sounds like rem okay. to me because that's kind of all i have to relate it to with the sounds mm-hmm. but, but it sounds like rem with more 80s which i guess would make sense because rem's first album was 82 i believe right so the fact that our the fact that the cure was around in the set they formed in the 70s they would yeah. have more of that 80s sound yeah as I've said before, one of the most important things on a record for me is that first vocal sound. The, yeah. w- w- the first time I hear a vocal of a band that I didn't know or even on an album, it's very important. And this one's great. Yeah. And, and it, it, it comes in, it, make, it makes you wait for it a little bit, which I'm a fan of. Yeah. And 100% my shit. This track breezes by. It felt super quick. It's a great track. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already in off this, this first track. Awesome. Yeah, this is... Uh... This song's been covered by a whole bunch of different bands too. Like this, and uh, I know there's a Get Up Kids version of Close to Me uh, okay. on this record, and it's it's super good. Next up, we have Kyoto Song. Mm-hmm. I have here that I think I'm going to compa- be comparing this a lot to REM. I have that written down just so <laughs> we're clear. Got it. Just so we're clear and we know where we're at. Yeah. Uh, not just for time period's sake, but mm-hmm. also for like weird riffs and sounds okay. rem did a lot of different weird riffs and sounds in there that i never that i, that I wasn't familiar with so when i hear right. it in here that's what i think of because it was probably just that 80s alternative sound that i'm not familiar with right this is also one of those first like style switch ups yeah they give you like the Japanese sound on this one. And also why I think I relate this to REM, because even on Murmur, even though it somehow already had a fully realized sound, REM mm-hmm. have a lot of different sounds on their records. Right. Yeah. Uh, this again felt like 80s to me. Like I could I knew this was 80s. I didn't know exactly when this came out, but I knew it was 80s. Sure. Yeah. And then it but it's darker, even though with that Japanese sound, this is still mm-hmm. darker than a lot of REM. Yeah, this is. Yeah. It's their, also, it's their I'm going to say style. more straightforward than the first at least three REM albums because <laughs> even, you you okay you're familiar with Murmur right we did the first one yeah we did Murmur yep hard to fucking figure out what he's yeah, saying 100%. and then once you even once you read the lyrics still fucking don't know have a clue what he's <laughs> yeah, saying right so this one is it's more straightforward lyrically it, it's still great I, I like this track also so we're two yeah. for two going into this fantastic into this track, I right? love it. Moving on to the blood, and we have another sound switch up. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like Spanish. I was gonna say we go mariachi with this one. Yeah, there's like a Spanish influence, and yeah. there is a few tracks on previously mentioned uh, Fables of Reconstruction, Reconstruction of Fables. There's a few tracks on there that are Spanish influenced. I believe. Oh, is that right? So I guess that was a big time in the mid '80s. Yeah, maybe. Who knew? The voice he's singing with at this mm-hmm. point is so smooth to my ears. It works so well. I, I love Robert you. Smith's voice on this. It he is great. He's such a great vocalist. I, I agree. I'm a big fan of his vocals. And then amongst all the Spanish sounds we get on this, mm-hmm. there is like an Egyptian sound almost that happens that I hear. I don't know what's okay, going yeah, on. I, I can see that. But it still works. Yeah, it still works. And I think maybe it works because we've had different sounds already through the first two tracks. So then sure. you throw another sound in there. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, throw it in. It works. <laughs> right. But it also brightens up the song sonically. Like the song's mm-hmm. a little dark with even with the, the Spanish mariachi influence. Right. But that Egyptian sound brightens it up enough because it's a very high pitch, almost bell type of sound. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's just talk about the one thing that needs to be talked about. I am paralyzed by the blood of Christ is a wild. (laughs) It is a wild lyric that I'm here for. And the track zooms by with it. The track is also another quicker. And I'm again, I'm glad you, I think maybe you looked at the track times on these, on this record. Oh, I did 100%. Yeah. Because we're, we're good. We're really good. So far. uh, the other two records I was considering 
Disintegration and Pornography. Both have multiple songs that like are like eight minutes long. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I can't do it. But I love those records too. Like these, those two and this one are my top three Cure records. Like I love okay. all three of them. Okay. I can't say anything about those two because I haven't heard them. Yeah, but right. The, the the track times on this one are working for that's me. Why, uh, up, that's up why this, this one was already. picked for you. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we have six different ways. Yep. Every time I think I know where a song is going, they throw me, which I'm a fan <laughs> yeah, of. Funny. I'm a fan of getting surprised by things on albums. Mm-hmm. This track is wild. Is Do I hear a fife? Is that a fife? <laughs> Who knows? It sounds like a fife. <laughs> and then there is just incredible sounding keys that come in on this mm-hmm. also. I love the, the intro to this. Every time I hear the intro to this song, I get happy. The, the vocals in this track particularly are perfect i don't think it could be i don't think by the way i also have to put in the asterisk in here that i listened to the 2006 remaster which i don't know how different it is than the original it's just cleaned up a little bit that's what i figured but i don't think they would have messed with these vocals because they're perfect here i assume they were probably perfect on the original recording yeah be prepared for this maybe mark it down in your calendar scott okay this track isn't long enough whoa i could have you could have given me three more minutes of this track you could have given me three more minutes and I'd have been fine with this track. Damn, this track is maybe, great. Maybe I need to give you disintegration or pornography. <laughs> I when I thought that, I said, that can't be a thought I just had. That can't be <laughs> that can't be that can't be something going through my head right now. Yeah. After that, we have push. Yep. This sounds unbelievably familiar to me. This one I was actually worried about with you. I am almost positive I've heard this one. Okay. I don't know where, when. It, it could have been a movie. It could have been a video game. It could have just be like a chunk in a TV show. But I'm almost positive I heard it. This song runs through my head a lot of the time. Just that. Yeah, I had to have heard it somewhere. I don't know why. Yeah. But my biggest remark on this track is the way that, and you got the taste of it on the one album you listen to, the way that R.E.M. makes you wait for hooks. Like mm-hmm. they will give you three or four verses and then it, then it gets into that hook. And I like, as soon as that hook hits, you're like, wow, this is a stone cold classic. Yeah. This track does that for vocals. Like it makes yeah. you wait for those you vocals. It makes wait, you wait almost forever. You wait almost, you wait. I think it's over half the time of the song for him to come in and start singing. It makes you wait so long that when I was listening to this, like as the album, like not breaking it down track by track, I thought it was an instrumental. And then there was another song. Like yeah, I thought that's what was happening. That's what I was worried about with this one. The the length of the intro. Weirdly enough, waiting for those vocals, it being the complete track, I think this is perfect song design. I think the design oh. of this song is perfect. Like the way it was the way it was made. Any longer it would have been too long, I think. Sure. Like it's just the perfect amount. Any shorter yeah. it would have felt like what's the purpose? But gotcha. at, at that at that point, it was just like the design, the production was flawless on this thing. It was great. Folks, I, folks I, we're I winning. We are winning today. <laughs> yes. It probably also helped that like I was listening to this album like driving into Montana and seeing like sheer cliff faces. Yeah. And yeah, like I, that definitely helped this record. I was wondering if you were going to be listening to this on the honeymoon. I kind of felt like you weren't, like you would hold off, but I'm super glad you did because there is a lot of this album that is very airy and very yeah. like atmospheric and adding yeah. that backdrop of driving through the through the whole country basically yeah. uh, to this. Yeah, had to be amazing. I listened to it a couple times before we left, and then I listened to it, I think, in Kansas once, and then I listened to it in Montana once. And then awesome. once I got home, I that's when I started to do my notes and shit. Yeah. Next up, we have The Baby Screams. Yeah. The electronic intro is great. I'm a big fan of that. Don't okay. know how you got into it. Maybe it's just grandfathered in before your it's, hatred of electronic is. stuff. Yep. Uh, lyrics are really weird and wild on this one. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. I like this track a lot more in theory than execution, and I can't explain why. I'm not a big fan of this song. Like, the lyrics work, the music works, it should all work better, but there's something about it that is like, eh, it doesn't really hit that. Maybe it's because it comes after push? It's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's a possibility. I don't like its placement, but... Oh, I don't think it should be the side B opener at all. Yeah, I'm not a... Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of this song. 
it's a weird opener for side B. It's a weird, especially during a time when you put 10 tracks on a record. That was your record. Side B was supposed to be a single most of the time. It seems weird. Yep. Next up, we have Close to Me. I don't know if it is a single, but this should have opened side B. Okay. I think maybe. I thought I had down here what a better one would be, but I don't see it written down. But maybe I'll come across it while I'm reading. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the claps and the slowly fading in of the electro keys, may- maybe a xylophone it is. It works so well. <laughs> yeah. It works so well. The vocals easing in softly. Musically, this whole album is an accomplishment. The sounds in this, even as simple as they are, they all sound so special when they come in. Like even Mm -hmm. just a little ding or a little sound here and there, they sound special and important. And I really appreciate that. And all of it completely composed by Robert Smith. Yeah, which I'm ready to jump on that bandwagon that he is a genius. Yeah, this this is a wild wild. Yeah. Other than wanting some tracks longer. I think the lengths are perfect. That's so that's so crazy. Nothing overstays its welcome on this record. Yeah. Moving on to a night like this. Yeah. This one sounds a bit familiar too, but not nearly as much as Push did. Okay. This this one sounds the most eighties to me, I think. Like if you would ask me if you would play all these songs and I didn't know what they were, who they were when they came out, and you said which one is from the eighties, this one would be the first one I chose. Is it the sax solo? I put that it is a great track with an unexpected sax solo and the sax solo did not turn me away. I was into the sax solo. It's so fantastic. I love it so much. And I do have a night here. I would have put this to be the opener for side B. Okay. This is the one I would have put a night like this up there. It's such a great song. Moving on to screw. Mm -hmm. So many times in this record, there are moments of little melodies I'm almost 100% sure I've heard. Okay. And melodies that I feel like I've even done myself. Okay. And the intro of this is the heaviest of those. Mm. I think maybe because this album is so simple and relatable sonically is yeah. why I like it so much and why it's so great to me. Okay. Because this is, all, I feel like a lot of this record are melodies and sounds that we could all do but we haven't put it together in a way like this. I gotcha, yeah. It's, it's another really solid track. Yeah. Screw is another really solid track. Fan of it. Coming into the closer, Sinking. Yep. Much slower, mellower intro feel with the synth blaring in the background. Like, it's a mellower feel, <laughs> but there is a synth just screaming its yeah. head off in the background. The bass line drives this thing hard. Yeah. The bass line is very, very important to this track. Yep. I don't know why I enjoy this. I was con- on, this, so on paper. This, I shouldn't. This was an, the other song that I was super concerned about you liking or not. I had a feeling you wouldn't because it's another yeah. really long intro that doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot. No, in the beginning, and then you wait so long for the lyrics, and then there's barely any lyrics either. Yeah, yeah. But it uh, it surprised me. Though it may not be my favorite of the record, it surprised me the most out of all the tracks on the record with my appreciation of it. I don't know why right. it tickled me the way it did, but it, it also did its job. I love so it as if, a closer. If you're keeping track, you I know, liked 10 out of 10 of these tracks, which seems wild. Amazing. It seems insane to me. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting out of The Cure. I don't know because I heard so much REM in it. And because of how much I love R.E.M., yeah, that definitely helped me a lot. But I think I still would have enjoyed this without that, because I think this is a really good record. I think it's really solid. I liked all the tracks. As a whole, it works. But I don't know if it works for other people, because I do love that change up. I love the different sounds yeah, every other it works track. For me. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan of this record. And then... So like, then, top three. I need your top three. You want my top three first? I do. Oh, we're we're switching it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, or just top, give me your three. Just give me your number three. Give me okay. My number three is sinking. Okay, sinking for me gets an honorable mention. It didn't make my top three, but I had to give it an honorable mention. Okay, I like because that. of how much I did enjoy it. I'm sure you have fucking six to, on your number tracks here. <laughs> I have five. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> All right, what's your two? <laughs> my two is close to me. My two is close to me. Look at that. That's awesome. 
really enjoyed close to me. Yeah, I love that song. It's so good. Uh, And then what was your number one? I have a three-way tie for number one. Like usually, usually I throw them at the at the end. Like I give you a four or five or whatever. No, I have a three-way tie for number one. Okay, so I'm sure that my number one is probably in this three-way tie. I mean, I could almost put any of these songs on my number one. I love this record so much. But okay, what what's your number one then? Or do you want me to give you the three that I have? No, I'll just give you mine. Okay, let's. It's push. Push is my number one off this record. That's so wild to me. I don't. I don't understand why. I don't. I still don't. But I loved it. I loved it so much. I think I was worried so much because it is one of my favorites too. Because it's tied for my number one i, I um, love it and i would put six different ways near the top two because I, I i could take three more minutes of it that's so my number one is six different ways the way it rolls <laughs> into push i love yeah. i love that that one two punch there and then yeah. uh a night like this is my other number one yeah that sax solo is Dude, it's it's a killer I mean, sax what is more 80s than a sax solo? But The Cure does it in a way that it just flows with this record so well that yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Because there, there's so many different so sounds in it that when you hear that sax solo, it's not it's like, jarring. Why not? Yeah, it's fantastic. So Big fan. Big fan. I I, I guess I'm going to ask you, thrown on phone or groan. But I know <laughs> it's not a groan, so I'm stoked. You, you do know it's not a groan. <laughs> I'm so stoked. And I'm lucky you've done this to me once, maybe okay. twice. I'm glad I get to do this to you, but I have here. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> no, you want to know what's more amazing? Huh. The first time I heard In Between Days, yeah. the first time I listened to this record, In Between Days played, I had this ordered before it ended. That's amazing. That's so awesome. I knew. I knew. I was like, this is the 80s sound that I like because I know how much I like REM. I know yeah. how much I like all that shit. This was already ordered. It this showed up before I was married. This showed up and <laughs> I couldn't so even good. open it because I had to get married. It showed up <laughs> the day of my wedding. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm glad I got to by the way, it's an own. I'm showing it in yeah, the video. Yeah. <laughs> it well, is he an has own. it in front of the camera right now, and I, I love it. it. I still don't. I still don't know what this album cover is. Is it an X-ray? Is it hands? No is it a flower? I have sure. no idea. But All of those things. I'm glad I have it. I'm excited that this album exists. I'm happy you gave it to me. I can't say it's a throne because the Cure have so many records. I need to listen yeah. to more Cure records. Yeah, that's a tough. It's tough to get a throne. I can't put it as a throne of like even records of the eighties because I mean, got murmur and murmur and reckoning yeah. came out and those are two fucking giants to me. Yeah. But it's a, it's an easy own. Like I said, I bought it first track, first That's track. So awesome. And then, yeah. and then I, I was a little worried. I was like, I hope this shit doesn't go downhill. And then it didn't. <laughs> so I was very excited about it. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy about that. I'm so glad you liked it because like Emily Lucas and I went out for a walk yesterday and I started talking about it. I started just talking about the record and I was like, I'm really concerned on whether or not he's going to like it because the cure, I didn't realize how big a part they were to me, like how, how big they were mm-hmm. until I've listened to the cure for three weeks straight now. <laughs> uh, yes. Just not only this record, I, I did a deep dive on all their records and I forgot how much I just absolutely love this band. And I was like, man, if he doesn't like it, I'm going to be kind of crushed. But I'm so, so glad. I'm so glad you liked it so much. Yeah, huge. It was huge for me. I I liked it way more than I thought. When when we was playing The Honeymoon, it was playing at Tara's like, you know, it's that thing where you're driving, you don't really pay attention. And you'll hear something like, what is this? And then I said, it's the Curious record for this for the next episode. And she said, this is great. Yes, I even want Tara. <laughs> I said I I know it is, and it's weird because I wasn't anticipating it. I wasn't going in negatively, but yeah. I I was expecting. I can't say weirder because you know I like weird shit. Yeah, I was expecting a weirdness that I didn't vibe with, and I didn't sure. get that. I got yeah. a great record that sounds awesome and has just enough eighties in it that makes me want to investigate more eighties, but then it also has just enough experimental stuff for the 80s that i recognize as really good (laughs) oh man that's so awesome i'm so happy right now big fan of this record big i'm so so glad because this 
it has like a special place in my heart to begin with. And now it's even a bigger, a bigger spot in my heart. I can't wait to spin it. I haven't spun anything in like three months and I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but you weren't only listening to the cure. Scott, no, what was I, was your record of the week? Uh, I was listening to the wonder years, new record, the home, the hum goes on forever. Uh, the wonder years, you liked their record. I think you, you gave it an own, um, <laughs> This record is three after that one, and okay. they give little like a uh, little shout shout outs flashbacks to songs previous in their catalog. There's a little line in there about the devil and the blood. Uh, there's a uh, Madeline is a song that's on there too, like another song about Madeline. Uh, there's a couple of songs that reference other songs that you haven't heard on there. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's it's been good. It kind of reminds me more of Soupy's like solo stuff. Oh, uh, God, his I other... it, by the way, I hate it. I hate yeah, it. I, I, know. I, I don't know there. why <laughs> it rubs me wrong so hard every time, and I don't know why. But every time I hear it, is something. It's like digs a nail into my skull, and I was like, oh God, stop! <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's really really good. I enjoy it. I pre-ordered it, and I'm super glad. Waiting for that to come in, but. Uh, what were you listening to? My record of the week. Yeah. Mm. I have one that uh, may need a whole episode to talk no. about. Oh, no. So I'm going to just like maybe tease it here and then I'm going to choose a different one. But I have to tell you that I have listened to St. Anger. Oh, no. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? And I have to tell you, I yeah. don't hate it. No, no, don't say that. I can't say it's good. I can't it's say that. because it's not. But here, and you don't have to agree. I'm not telling you to agree with me here. It's I so won't. interesting to me. It sounds like the worst parts of Mudvayne, System of a Down, and Metallica combined. Wow. And it's so interesting to me. And I don't think I have such an aversion to that snare. By the way, the snare's bad. The snare's is really bad. The worst. The worst snare ever put on record. I don't think it would be as bad if they didn't like showcase it as much. Like yes. there was a spotlight on it, the whole record. It's I weird. Know. It's so terrible. But one of my favorite breakdowns is No Pity for a Coward by Suicide Silence. And it's basically that same snare sound. Oh, it's so like terrible. I have a soft spot in my heart for kind of that snare sound. Oh God, I'm sorry. I don't hate Sate Anger. Like I'm honestly so interested by it. I, I can't stop listening to it. Like no. I keep revisiting it. I keep going back to it. No. It's pretty wild. Uh, and we may have to do like a, a an episode oh. on it at some point. Not like our normal episodes, just something talking about it because yeah. it's so interesting to me. We could do a Saint Anger oh. mini-sode. I also love the idea that the only Metallica albums I've listened to are Master of Puppets and Saint Anger. It's like, like their best versus their worst. <laughs> And if I'm being honest, you like Saint Anger. Don't say that. Don't say I'm, it. I, I can't say I like it more. And I still do. I will still agree that Master Puppets is a better record. But I'm way more intrigued and interested in Saint Anger. Ugh. And that's not even just me being a contrarian. That's me being genuine. Of like, I, I can acknowledge its fault. Fa- it's 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 failures. I can acknowledge where it's bad, but. There's no. something about it. There's no. something about it that I can't get over. <laughs> but that is not my record of the week because there will be an episode at some point. We record of the week that. is my record of the week is Devil Drivers Outlaws Till the End Volume One. Okay, which we is a Devil a, Driver episode. It is a Devil Driver covers record oh of my outlaw country songs. That's kind of neat. I didn't know it was a covers record. For eight tracks, because I didn't know, <laughs> you didn't know any of the was, tracks yeah. that they were covering. Oh, that's so funny. And, until they hit Copperhead Road is when I was like, is this a covers record? And then I looked, and yes, it was. But there is all kind of features on here. Like, it's actually oh, really? pretty wild. Like, Hank Williams shows up on it. Oh, wow. Danzig was supposed to be on it, but he didn't make it. I don't remember what happened. Randy Blythe from Lamb of God oh, shows Lamb up God, on it. Yeah. Mark Morton, also from Lamb of God, shows up on it. John Carter Cash, Johnny oh, Cash's son, yeah. shows up on it. Wow. Um, Wednesday 13 showed up on it, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lee Ving. I don't even know who Lee Ving, Lee Ving was the front man of Fear, 
which I'm not yeah. super familiar with. Oh, he shows have up. You not on listen it. to a Fear record? I don't think I have. No. Oh man. Um, the dude from Thirty Six Crazy Fish shows up. The lead singer of Fear Factory shows up. Like it's just a wild record, and I liked it way more than I was expecting. And yeah. it. This is also probably like I was in the West. I was, you know, I was in the, the <laughs> I was in the desert, and I wanted to listen to some, like some outlaw stuff. And I might try to dig into some outlaw stuff. Okay, but yeah, Outlaws till the end, Volume One by Double Driver. Don't know if there's going to be a Volume Two coming, but I like this one. Yeah, that's cool. But put a bookmark, dog ear the page of Saint Anger because it's coming back around at some point. We can. I will submit to a minisode, maybe. I, I don't think you realize how hard it was for me not to text you about it. Like I, <laughs> the first time I listened to it, I wanted to like just start talking to you about it, but I knew that I needed to reveal it on the show for the genuine reaction from you, which was you slumping down in your chair <laughs> yeah. and not wanting to be on the show anymore. Yeah, no. Okay, so I guess all that's left is for me to give you what we're listening to next week. Yeah. Um, I've thought long and hard about this. Okay. I haven't. I no, you haven't. <laughs> I mean, I did because I'm still going to give you the one that I thought that I was going to give you. Okay. I, I mean, at this point, I think like the, the whole thing's off where th- these aren't time stamped. So like we record these and they come out later. Yeah. But like this album I'm giving you is a very fall record to me. It's a okay. very kind of a spooky fall record. And it'll be, no, it won't. I was going to say it's going to be the first time we've revisited a band three times, but we haven't because yeah. we've done Emery, Emery three times. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, it's not going to be the next record, but it will be the Acacia Strains Coma Witch. Okay. It's the first record after DL left the band. So, like, they kind of had to change their sound and their production and shit a little bit. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be as surprising to you. Because we're going forward now because you didn't like Continent. We don't have to talk about that. That was a different experience. But Wormwood, I think there's a line between Wormwood and this record that makes more sense than Wormwood through the next record to this record. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because this is is two records after Wormwood. Gotcha. All right. It came out in 2014, I believe. Oh, okay. And it was during a time where they weren't being my favorite band anymore. I was like, I don't know if they are anymore. And then this thing came out. And this 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 record is we'll talk about it on the episode. I love we will this talk about it on the episode. Big fan of this record. So the Acacia Strains, Coma Witch, very it's a very spooky, very fall like record. And I okay. know it's past spooky season when, when the next when the episode comes out. It's past spooky season when this thing comes out. <laughs> but until December, it's spooky season. From from be October one to December one, that's spooky season, baby. There it is. Yeah, anything else? We got anything else before we I, do the old wrap up? That I don't think I so. I'm, do? I'm just beaming that you like this record. I've I, I like this record a lot, and then I've given you some great stuff that you loved. So why not give you a record that you may fucking hate? You know, <laughs> that's where uh, I'm at. I've been I've been missing. I, I I've been expecting some groans and not getting them. So I might as well throw you one that I'm probably gonna get a groan on. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see. Although, based off the other records you listened to. I know if there's one thing you will like, though, and I, it's not a spoiler, it will mm-hmm. be the drums because it's the same drummer. You liked the drums in Wormwood every was, train. Yeah. Like I like I said in the episode, Wormwood is the heaviest album I have ever heard. And a big part of that is the freaking drums. They were amazing. I remember that. So I'm excited for the for the album. I'm excited for the episode. Other than that, follow us on Twitter at AYLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmo.com. Uh, join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Are you listening? Are you listening? October 1 to December 1. That's spooky season, baby. Do I hear a fife? Is that a fife? Lowell Tor- Tolls? Tolhurst? My bad. Sorry. I've seen Sting's penis. <laughs>